They'll do that a lot. Episode two, Red Furnace Podcast. I am your co-host, Juco, along with the actual host, James. Welcome back. Yeah, we're the only Liverpool podcast out there that premieres during an international break where there's no fucking Liverpool news of note at all. At all. And breaking news, (laughs) Italy's out. Italy is out. What are we going to do? We'll talk about that shortly. I also want to talk about your irrational hatred of the Tottenham Hotspur in detail. But this week's opening question is, what stage is your Christmas shopping game at right now? At 0% currently. I'm actually debating buying anyone anything at this point. I bought my non-born child a Liverpool kit, and I think I'm good. What kind of Liverpool kit? Uh, It's last year's home. So last year's home jersey, did you get any, uh, did you get a name on the back? Nope. No name. Nothing. Didn't even get shorts or socks. Cheap bastards. I'll keep shopping though. I'll try to find a new one. Are you you doing the Kris Kringle thing? No. Hell no. With who? Here? No, just like in general with the family. No, hell no. Fuck that. I, the Chris Kringle thing's amazing. No, I hate it. It's no. the only way to go for a large family. No. Because even if you make that like arrangement with a whole bunch of family members that you're not going to buy each other shit. Someone buys shit. Yeah, there's always that one person I'll be who the goes Grinch. out and buys like shit socks for everyone. Yeah. And they give it all out. Yeah. The shit socks to everyone. Yeah. Right? And you can't even enjoy your shit socks because you just feel guilty because you didn't get that person anything. So the Chris Kringle thing guarantees... It's like a fucking sports draft, man. It's It guarantees that you just... <laughs> it just guarantees that you only get one thing for one person and that's it. Yeah, but the budget is usually like 25 bucks and you're getting either socks or some shit you're going to throw out that night. But so that's like, okay. At least you only spend $25 on one other person. You didn't spend $60 on trinkets that no one cares about and everyone's going to resent you for later. I'd rather just show up to wherever with like two bottles of wine and like I didn't get no one nothing, but I'm getting you all drunk. Yeah, that's fine if you see all those people at an event. But with large families, you can't actually guarantee any of that. No, I'll be the Grinch. Yeah, so anyone anyone who breaks the Chris Kringle rule once it's set in place, they need to be shot into the sun. Yes, it's this, I'm not participating. It's that's not happening. No, and I like it too because they actually get all digital with it now. You can do it like a draft, like legit, like a sports draft. You can go online, you can go on a thing and it sends everyone an email. You can prepare a wish list. So I did a Chris Kringle thing this year and I actually got like Amazon links to what the person that I drafted would like. Would like. So uh-huh. I just click, I buy, it's done. Amazon will even wrap it for you. Like, So huh. did you do the same? Did you send Amazon links for things? That yeah, you I asked for like socks and bookmarks, man. Like what else do you need? A bookmark? Yeah, bookmarks and a garlic crusher. Jesus Christ. You have to pick things that people can't fuck up. Like what about bookends? Like bookmarks? Yeah, like, what kind of, Whatever. Anyways. No, okay. because you can't mess that up. Like I, I really don't care what kind of bookmark I receive. All I know is that I'll probably get a bookmark. So I'm, I'm set. If I ask for something specific, that person who drew me... is going to fuck it right up. Exactly. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Italy's out of the World Cup. Yes, they are. <laughs> Couldn't score against Sweden in two games. <laughs> they were pressing, though. So Buffon, De Rossi, Chiellini, and Barzagli all have retired now for, from the game. So I think it's actually a good thing for Italy. Because they, yeah. they sweep out all the old guard. They'll get someone's new. But that means... Italy, Netherlands, Chile, USA, Ireland now because they lost. Oh, wow. Christian Eriksen fucked them up. Jesus. He scored a hat trick. Did he? With that weird fucking hairline. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so they're all out and Wales is out. So there's no Bale, no Woodburn, no Joe Allen. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I feel bad for Gigi only. Um, Chiellini's run his course. That's okay. I guess it's time for Italy to build on a new team. Start with all the young guys, focusing mainly on Verratti, if you ask me. But well, they gotta get a new coach. I mean, um, I, I looked up after like episode one. I looked up who the coach was. I have no. Apparently, coached like Torino for like four minutes. Really, and that was it. A whole four minutes. So <laughs> I can send him to the international squad. He's got four minutes under his belt. Coutinho played. Um, Continue play. Yeah, this is also the episode where you stop making yeah. like weird noises and banging the table and I stuff. I have ADD for everyone listening. So I was diagnosed by my fourth grade teacher, who was also only ten years older than me at the time. So, well, they always know best. <laughs> so, Nathaniel Klein. But Netherlands is out. Sorry to cut you off. I want to talk about Klein. I want to talk about the fucking Dutch. Okay. Yes, the Netherlands. Yeah, they didn't qualify. And Chile. That's just you win Copa Americas. They mean nothing when it comes time for World Cup. That's why Portugal. Yeah, we won a Euro, but like, <laughs> what's a Euro? 
got to win the World Cup. It's the big stage. Well, and this is where I get into, you know, when your national team doesn't make it and people start talking about, you know, conspiracy theories and oh all that. God. Like, this just proves, like, if anyone were to rig a World Cup, like, the USA would be in it. Absolutely. China would be in it. Russia would be in it. Absolutely. For sure. Italy would be in it. Yeah. From a political It's not rigged. No. Agreed. Klein. Just, can I talk about Klein? Go ahead. He's injured for the next three months at least. He had back surgery. That's crazy. So it looks like we're going to be seeing a lot more of uh, Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm okay with that because the young guys need playing time. They need to get comfortable. They need to adapt with the squad. And now's the time. I haven't really missed Klein since he's been gone because, you know what, we've been rotating with the young guys and they've, they, they fit in the role well. Let's just say. If nothing else, it'll definitely give them some more experience. Gomez has started 12 times for us already this season. And Trent has started another seven times in all competitions. He seems to be giving Trent the Champions League, which I actually really like. So Trent's been starting a lot of Champions League games. Gomez has been getting the Premier League games. But it's actually, if you think about it, a better rotation than what we had last year, where we just had Klein and only Klein. (laughs) No, really, we didn't. No, we didn't rotate Klein yeah, at all true. last year. At least in this sense, we can rotate between Gomez. Gomez gives you the solid defensive sort of thing. Trent's a little more attacking. It takes a great early cross. And the I fact like that it. the the senior players even let Trent take the free kick in what game was that? Was that Marabor? I believe it was Marabor that where he was, scored. Yeah, that was solid. That that just goes to shows the senior players believe in him, so he should be in the squad. He should be playing in Champions League. I totally agree with the decision there. I wrote down on the agenda to talk about Liverpool's defensive issues moving forward. I really don't want to fucking talk about that. We can talk about we can talk about Lovren later. The thing, the only thing I'd like to say is that our defense now, the most solid part of our defense now, is Alberto Moreno, which is fucking wild really I, I don't think Matip is doing that bad I think Matip is still alright but I think Matip the thing with Matip for me is he will play as good as the guy beside him so when Lovren has a bad game Matip's not doing nothing you know what I mean if Joe Gomez is trying Matip is trying you, know what I, you get what I'm trying to say though yeah but he's well he's been inconsistent and it's been five years since Jamie Carragher retired and we still have a defense that doesn't talk to one another. This is true. And we have no idea what to expect with Lovren. Was that a cultural gap? I, I don't know. But Lovren is supposed to be the better center half. He's supposed to be better than Clavin. And it's just... Like, I think we should start Clavin against Southampton just for the sake of consistency. At least he doesn't have the ups and downs that Lovren has. That being said... Agreed. He's a former Southampton center back. I think Klopp will put him back in as a vote of confidence. He likes to stand by his gap. I don't understand why he hasn't shown anything to be put back in. Like, I would rather start Gomez and Trent just, just to, just to set a standard that your, your, your position is rotatable at the point, at this point. He's, it's just wild. I'll, I'll be Moreno. He's, yeah, I, it's <laughs> last season. Yeah. And I, Andy Robertson, when we've seen him, has been pretty good. I'd start him on the He right had a good game, but he, he's just been missing in action. He hasn't been around. Well, Moreno, Moreno's inspired to play at the moment, and that's a great thing. And let's keep it going for as long as Alberto Moreno will be inspired to play. Yeah, he's been not bad. Let's hope he plays his best game against Sevilla, his former club, and just puts in... What would it? Was it the first game he scored? That he ever played for Liverpool, where he just no, took it the whole way and scored. I think that was his third game, but that was that was against Tottenham. That was, was against, that against Tottenham. Yeah, Eagle, that's another shot at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Tottenham Hotspur and and your irrational hatred for them because well, you singled them out last episode, and I wanted to just expand on that. As mentioned before, the Tottenham Hotspur starting line looks like they would go to an all ages club. To pick up underage women. So are you talking about like Christian Eriksen? Everyone, the whole squad. Harry, Harry Winks. They, <laughs> Harry, Harry Kane, Harry Winks. All those of guys. them. Toby Alderman. They just look like they should be fashioning and fashioning. And modeling Eric, instead of playing football. And, but, and Eric Dyer is just the sort of slow one who stands behind the rest of them and like, yeah, he's, looks hard. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that like my friend over there thinks you're cute and he's standing there like an idiot. Yeah, that's, that's Eric Dyer in the club. Because when I started following Liverpool, when I, you know... Tottenham, they just, they weren't a thing, right? Like, they were the 
Spurs, Aston Villa, and Everton were like the Southampton equivalents back in 2006. Because that was during the Big Four era where it yeah. was United, us, Arsenal, and Chelsea. Manchester City, for all intents and purposes, they just didn't exist before 2011. No, for sure. And Spurs, they just weren't a thing. And now they're beating Real Madrid in the Champions League, which is just... You know it's, what? It's good, wild. Good on them, but I. It's just. But this is why I don't. Them. I can't generate that much hatred. Like I, I still have a problem even processing that they're good enough to even talk about. Um, well, they're beating a Real Madrid at its worst, so that's the, not much to say there. Ronaldo has what? One goal in the league, six in Champions League. Okay, that's he's not having the greatest season. Um, Tottenham is just. I don't know. Outside of outside of. What's his name? Wow. Kane? Outside of Harry Kane, <laughs> I cannot give anyone the, the their credit because I just... I don't even want to give Harry Kane credit. But like, you have to. You Kane, have to. he's synonymous with Spurs for me because like Spurs, I can't even process that they or he is any good because I was convinced Kane was going to be a one-season wonder. I also and thought he was a trap. He's not, it. though. I think you're right. I think they do deserve some hatred because they are a direct rival. No, they but are. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like... Because I, I looked it up, right? 2006, they finished fifth. I looked at their lineup. They have Jermaine Jane, Janice, Jane, Jermaine Janice. Paul Robinson was their goalie, and he was like the joke of the England goalie at the time. Their captain was Ledley King, fantastic center back, but he had paper knees. They were made of hopes and dreams, and he started like four <laughs> times for them. 2007, they finished fifth. 2008, they finished 11th. Jesus. 2009, they finished eighth. They had Darren Bent in the lineup and then from 2009 onwards this is where it gets tricky and this is where I think that you're right because since 2009 we finished second they finished eighth but since 2009 we've only finished ahead of them once which was in 2014 really and that was the year we uh, broke the record for most points without a win in the Premier League from no not most points without a most um, goals, I think it was, without a win. Probably most goals. I think that's what it was. Right? Yes. So 2010, they finished fourth. That was Rafa Benitez's last season. 2011, they finished fifth, and we finished sixth. Right? Okay. That's where they started to see the emergence of Gareth Bale. Oh, okay. This is the Luka Modric, Bale, Tottenham. Right. Okay. Right. Well, there you have it. 2012, they finished fourth. We finished eighth. That was our first full season at Dalglish. This is where their top scorer was actually Adebayor. They still had Bale and Modric. Oh, yeah. 2013, they finished fifth. We finished seventh. Wow. Um, This is when Gareth Bale leaves. The season after Bale leaves, we end up finishing in sixth. Sorry, we finished second. They finished in sixth. That was the year where we finished second, mm-hmm. right? Pochettino's first season. Then they finished ahead of us in 2015. They finished ahead of us in 2016. They finished ahead of us in 2017, where they came in second. That was their best league finish in forever. You know, really, they, they are a direct rival. They finish ahead of us more often than they don't. It's just, I still can't believe that they do it. And I have a theory that it's all down to Gareth Bale. You think so? I, I Gareth Bale turn the whole club around? I, I do. Luka Modric would be more of the impact there, don't you think? Central midfielder <laughs> changing the way the game is played. Modric didn't sort of make that impact? No. Like, Bale, I still remember when Bale ripped apart Inter Milan in the Champions League. And that was, like, a really big deal. Because it was the first time Spurs had been in the Champions League in forever. Okay, it had always been the big four. Did, not, did Bale not start as a left back? On Tottenham, yeah, he. But the, by the time he was playing Inter Milan, he was he was left wing. Oh, okay, he changed his number to whatever the fuck number he wears, eleven, and um and yeah, he started. This is when he started being you know the Gareth Bale that we know today, mm-hmm. right? But even to this day, their chairman or whatever he is, Daniel Levy, he doesn't really like spending money on players. They still had Harry Redknapp as their coach fairly recently, and all he ever did was buy Jermaine Defoe and Peter Crouch over and over and over again. <laughs> Right, and they didn't. Uh, so, so Bale put them on another level, and they sort of filled that void left by Liverpool uh, before City had even became a force. City were still in; they were on that first billionaire owner before they got the owners from Abu Dhabi or Qatar mm-hmm. or whatever the hell mm-hmm. they're from. Yep. Um, and you know they actually bought really poorly when Bale left. They didn't buy anyone particularly good, but they bought a load of players. But when Bale left. They got Pochettino in. 
And Pochettino, I think, and and Harry Kane, I got to give him credit. Pochettino and Kane are basically making them play in a way that they're they're way more than some of the parts. He's a great coach. Absolutely. He's doing fantastic. Absolutely. I'll give it to Pochettino. As much as I hate the Spurs, he is a great coach. He is making the change on the team. But like you said, they brought in Jermaine Defoe. And as a Torontonian, Jermaine Defoe, when he came here, every Spurs fan in Canada was singing, oh, Jermaine. And I'm pretty sure his mother made him go back to the Premier League. So that says enough about the Spurs for me. But Pochettino is a good coach. He is making the change there. I think Harry Kane's a great striker. I also thought he was going to Charlie Austin the season and have one good season and then just fall off the face of the earth. But as we've seen against us, he does take advantage of defenders. He takes advantage of mistakes and he presses and shoots all the time. He is a great striker for England, although I don't watch England internationally because I don't think they'll do anything. He, him and Pochettino are Tottenham for me. I, I will never give Christian Eriksen his credit. I'm sorry. Because of his weird fucking hairline. And he's just a spur. Like, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't. No one on that team deserves the credit. Nobody. I'm sorry. Not a. Deli Ali is going to fall off the face of the earth. In I don't, I don't years. really like him either. I in just. They're, years. they're. I think I always will see them as how they were in. Uh, in like when I started watching them in 2006 or 2007. Um, and they just. They had players that I recognized. It wasn't like I couldn't name half the players on their team. I could. They were just those players that weren't good enough to play on the top teams. And now it's it's different because I think United would have Kane. A bunch of people would have Ericsson. Lots of people are in for Deli Ali. They want him. I just. I, I think if they lose one or both of Pochettino or Kane, and I think they're actually more likely to lose Pochettino, then I, I don't think they'll continue to be one of these top four teams they're not one of the traditional forces in soccer they're not liverpool and they're 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 not even everton everton has won the league more times and more recently than spurs have agreed um so yeah i just you know i understand your rivalry it's just i can't generate that much hatred because to me there's still that non-entity like i hate chelsea way more than i hate spurs but unfortunately for me, I grew up watching Chelsea. Um, I had friends that were Chelsea fans, so I grew up watching Drugba without knowing who Drugba was. And I was just involved in those games without really watching the Premier League. I was watching the Premier League, you know what I mean? Well, and this is the thing where you could sort of could give Chelsea the credit, and it's why I hate Chelsea so much more. I mean, you got the whole red and blue thing. Mm-hmm. You've got all the times we played them in the Champions League, mm-hmm. the Benitez Mourinho rivalry. Um, they came into the coaching. They came into coaching in the Premier League at the same time. You had the dichotomy of Gerrard and Lampard. You know, could they play in England together? Absolutely. Uh, they were both you know goal scoring midfielders, but so different. Mm-hmm. Torres when he left and joined Chelsea. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate fucking Chelsea That's nearly as much as I hate United, and I just feel completely ambivalent towards Tottenham. You know, I agree with you that they all look like prats. But I, and this is the thing, I'd rather have them, I would rather have Spurs win the league before I'd have United win the league or Chelsea, maybe not Arsenal. Like I would rank our rivals as probably United first. Yeah. Everton. Yeah. Then Chelsea. Sure. And then fucking fuck Crystal Palace. I hope they get relegated. Those ugly hearts and fucks. I wrote that down just so I didn't fucking forget about fucking Crystal Palace. (laughs) God, I hate Crystal Palace. Yeah. Then Arsenal, then City, and then Spurs. I would still rank Spurs below all those people in no, terms of rivals. Not for me. I, I would rather see City. Actually, just, well, i seen City win over us on one of the best seasons we've ever had. So I think I'm already over that. I just don't like the Spurs. Like I said, they look like the type of people like calling my dad. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't call <laughs> What, like to, to, like, hey, don't do that. I'm telling my dad type of thing. Yeah, no, I I hear you, I and just, they do. They're they're currently sitting in third in the table, um, and we're in fifth. Yeah, they're doing well, so. but but fuck them. Anyways, well, I don't really hate Crystal Palace. I just hate Crystal Palace players. I hate Dwight Gale. Is he still on Crystal Palace? No, he left. He He's left. on Newcastle. Yes, he? he went to Newcastle. But who who else from Crystal Palace? Just Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha. I hate him as well. Hundred percent, and Yannick Bolasi always used to score against yeah. us. but he's he's on the ebb now, and he's not doing nothing. That was the worst thing that ever happened to him. Um, I'm not mad at Christian Benteke. 
I am not. He didn't get the playing time. He didn't do well for us. But once he got over to Crystal Palace, he started playing better. I can't be mad at him. He's a former Red. But I, I, I'm, I stand with you on the Crystal Palace thing. They're a boogie team, man. They made Luis Suarez cry because they... You don't remember that? No. You don't remember that? He cried? 2014, after the Chelsea game, we played Crystal Palace, right? We had to win, but we were trying to catch City on goal difference, and we had to score like 10 goals. Jesus. And we scored three by halftime. We were actually trying to score like 10 past Crystal Palace, but in the second half, Crystal Palace tied it 3 3. It was really? ridiculous. Oh my God. And Suarez couldn't, he had his face and his shirt. Gerard was hugging him like he couldn't console him. It was brutal. I Crystal Palace, they're a boogie team and a half. I hate them. Jesus. They need to get relegated and thank the Lord they hired Roy Hodgson. Oh, yeah, that's their best <laughs> chance to get relegated. Definitely. They're in the bottom three at the moment. That right? is a match made in heaven. Yeah, they're in the bottom. They're, they're, I think they've scored like one goal all season. Jesus, good for Sacco. That's what you get. Have fun over there. I like Sacco. Uh, so, the other thing you, you talked about in your in the last episode was, I you know, you, you called in a Guero-Sturridge partnership the best the Premier League would have to offer. That was, that was That was the thing you said. So, I want you to take us deeper into your studs absolutely Daniel Sturridge admiration absolutely I think Sturridge healthy is the best striker in the Premier League hands down the thing Sturridge even does, now without right pace. now I don't, I don't care who's in the Premier League I don't care who's coming up I, Sturridge is, is, is Sturridge is <sighs> he was a hell of a player that 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 season that we were just talking about in 2014, he was... It's it's not even just that. It's Yeah, okay, watching that, definitely. He's Luis Suarez quality right now, healthy. Sturridge is the only player I've seen score from outside the box without stepping to the ball, ever. Sturridge is just on... He's on it. He's If he had the pace, he'd be the best striker in the world. So I looked up uh, Sturridge's stats. So right now, he's sitting at 97 league appearances for Liverpool. 48 goals. It's about just under 0.5 goals a game. But like his first, when he started with Liverpool, it was crazy that he, he got to 50 goals in just 87 appearances. That's the third fastest ever in history. Um, of Liverpool or the Premier League? In, in, for Liverpool. You know, Torres did it in 84. Ian Rush also did it in 87 games. Suarez took 91. Aldridge, 92. Owen, 93. Fowler, 94 games, and Dalglish, 99 games. He had 11 and 16 in his first half season. So, like, he started out of the blocks crazy. But I think the, you know, the really unfortunate part is that in the following three and a half almost seasons after 2014, he's only made 54 league appearances out of a possible 125. Jesus. Well, he does have a hereditary injury passed down from former family members in the exact same spot. If you look into it, he healthy is the best striker Liverpool has ever had over Torres and Suarez. In my opinion, give him five healthy seasons every game match in and out. He's top goal scorer. But I don't think we can get away from the reality that he's probably never going to be that healthy. No, it's again. never going to happen. And and his pace is gone. Is yeah, you know, that, is, that explosiveness just isn't there anymore. No, and no, I I think the question with Sturridge is how long can we keep him as a backup striker till he retires? My opinion. I I would love him as a backup striker, but hey, I don't I don't know if if he wants to be a backup striker or he'd rather be sort of like a leading light at a lesser club, right? And I don't know if uh, Liverpool wants to keep. He's on really high wages. Yeah, He's on really high wages for a backup striker. His last contract extension was in October of 2014. He's contracted until the end of the 2019 season. Um, and I, I just wonder if he's going to get another contract. I mean, is he, is he going to sign a contract with a step down in wages and a step down in prominence? Because, you know, just like Emre Chan this season, and we're talking about whether we're going to resign him or not going to resign him, this is going to be a conversation that we have with Sturridge next season. Absolutely. And he probably will go to a, a, a smaller club where he sees more playing time. But with the injury, he's not going to see the playing time. So it doesn't make sense. I would pay him what he is getting paid. He is worth it as a backup striker, in my opinion. So he's worth more to you than Emre would be. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. 
Third scores. Healthy third scores. There is no disproving that. Well, that's one thing that is definitely in his positive mentions. You know, even as a backup striker, when you put him on the field, his strike rate hasn't fallen off that no, much compared to how he was. If he only plays 30 games and he scores 12, 15 goals, that's good enough for me. I, yeah, I think actually the challenge with Sturridge is not getting him to score those 12 or 13 goals. The challenge is to get him to actually be available to play 30 games. Agreed. Agreed. And as big of a dilemma as it is, I think we should fight through it and hope that he comes into form, which I don't think he ever will, unfortunately. I think the injury is too severe. But he, he's the Derrick Rose of soccer, man. He, he is... He is like, there's no roof on his talent. That's, that's what I'm trying to get across here. He is as good as he can be, but the injury holds him back. And he's great on FIFA. Awesome on FIFA. <laughs> oh, man. It would be worth... Uh, he's my go-to. He's yeah. My go-to. It, he would be worth keeping, if nothing else, just so that he was still on the FIFA teams Agreed. every year. Agreed. Because he's, he, he's just a fun player to play on, on the FIFA. And I'm sure you hate playing against me when I have Sturridge scoring my curlers from all over the field. Yeah, from like 30 yards hey, all the way to the right side. Sturge, uh, Sturge, FIFA knows what they're doing, okay? They give them those those ratings for a reason. Okay, completely unrelatedly. Go ahead. You know, we're, we're supposed to be a podcast by North Americans, you know, from Canada. Mm-hmm. What parts of English football commentary do you like? And which parts do you prefer the North American equivalent of? I'll give you an example. Okay. Um... I really like that everyone in soccer, you know, they talk about pace and being pacey rather than speed or being speedy. I think it sounds a lot more classy. I I really like pace. Okay. I I would transfer that to the, like, I would rather refer to Steph Curry as pacey rather than refer to his speed. I'll start with my issues with, um, well, it's not really an issue, but as um, North Americans, watching the Leafs. Uh, commentary in hockey is very play-by-play. Play. You don't need to watch the game to understand what's going on. Whereas English commentary, they're talking about themselves nine times out of a 10 or pre-stats from previous seasons. And they're not really following the game. I'd say with- I agree some of the stats are out there. Yeah, they're you know. just, it's its ridiculous. How you know, many times has, has, has Firmino missed the net from this angle. Like I don't just, even think it's that. It's I think it's necessary. I think it's more when they say, you know, something like, oh, the last time that Everton has won at Anfield was back in 1936. Yeah, who the fuck cares? Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, that's the game Everton wins at Anfield. When those stupid stats come up at the beginning, that's when we lose those fucking games. But you know what I think the problem is? Go ahead. Because um, I agree, the play-by-play in, in a sport like hockey is very much a play-by-play. Absolutely. They still have color commentary. But I still remember a time when I would watch games of soccer or football and it was they didn't have a color commentary person. They just had a single announcer. Oh, that's so you, you would have huge amounts of the game. Well, not huge amounts, but there would be like, say, 10, 15 seconds where that one guy, he just doesn't say anything. That's crazy. I like that because it allows me to focus on the game. No, I think the commentary needs to be there. as irrelevant as it can be. It needs to be there because... Because um, there is moments where, let's say, there's like 15 passes strung together. We're moving the ball. They'll just say like, Nintendo, Chan. And they'll start I like talking that. About, I, I enjoy that as well. The good thing about English commentary is anything remotely close to an attack, they're yelling. And I love it. Well, they get no. right into it. it. It's it's entertaining more than it is about the sport. It's more listening for the well, people would, speaking. Would you agree that that's the upper limit, though? Because I fucking hate Spanish commentary on soccer where they just scream... For 20 minutes. Oh, no, I oh, love it. I, I hate that. I lo- I, my actually favorite commentator is, um, what's what's the guy who always does the classicals? Is that Roy Hodgson? Is that his name? Or no. Ray Hodgson? R- Roy Hodgson is, is the coach of Crystal so, Palace. So it's Ray Hodgson, I believe his name is. The I one who, who, his, his, oh my God, what does he say? He, he, he compares things so, he's like getting the ball off Messi is like getting Jello nailed to the ceiling. Like it's just completely out there. I love the wild metaphors. It's hilarious. I, I love the wild metaphors and I love the, the really sort of Englishisms that come through where they sort of say Jim Doe is he was formerly of this parish. Yeah. It's such an English it's, thing it's to say. And it's and I don't know if you've ever noticed this or this is my sick mind, but if you use the FIFA commentary for soft porn, it works perfectly. That's weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in FIFA, they always be like, oh, great use of the head. <laughs> that, that's very weird. odd things that can be taken in a completely different direction. Man, next time you play FIFA, you will see what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can't say I ever did well, that. Just be like, every Chan just went for it, head first, came out on the other end. Like, it's just... It's funny. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too far into That it. might be a personal thing. Maybe I'm weird. Completely original to yourself. All right. That's I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that zero people will agree with you on I that. don't know. I, I, okay. Fair okay, enough. Okay, so... I'll you, be the weird. Do you say pen, penalty, or PK? Pen. What do you think about the term PK? I don't like it at all. Is it so fucking you go on, stupid? You're going up for a pen. And as someone from North America watching footy... When, when someone's about to shoot, I don't say shoot, shoot the ball. I say have a shot, just have a go. Like you get into it. You, you start using the lingo without even noticing. Really. It's funny. Uh, when Bob Bradley was the coach of uh, Swansea, everyone just fucking roasted him for saying PK instead of pen, really? which I agree with. PK no, I, is, it's, it's American weird. soccer needs to take that out of the vocabulary. Agree. <laughs> Agree. But I do. I also like, um, I also like that instead of saying versus, they'll just say the letter V. So like team A, V, team B. Yeah, that's... Liverpool V Spurs. It's little things, right? I love that. It's the little things. It sounds way more dramatic. <laughs> it, yes, does. it does. It sounds like a duel. But the best one, because I wrote this down, <laughs> the best one is, is people saying that somebody got sacked as opposed to fired. Because I literally picture like Roy Hodgson... With somebody coming up behind him with a black fucking bag, putting it over his head and dragging him into a van because he got sacked. Like, yeah. I, I picture the sack it, going over his head. It's, it's much more um, impactful. Yeah, fired. Fire. Everyone, everyone gets fired. I don't know. Every day. Yeah. It's, getting sacked is a once in a lifetime. I don't picture someone getting set on fire. No. But no. I'd, I'd be curious to hear if English fans, when they hear somebody got fired, picture somebody, you know, getting lit on fucking fire. No, and I want to. I actually want to know um, what is the extent of our Americanism going into English football. Like, I want to know the do's and don'ts walking into an English stadium as someone who has never been to one. Well, you can't drink inside of the pitch. That's wild, right? Understandable, but considered, wild. yeah. Like for us, that's crazy. Could you imagine? No, and I sort of like that here, you know, they I, came up with that um, that sort of midway, like say when you're watching a baseball game. And you, you, you know, last call is like the sixth inning or whatever. Yeah. They don't let you drink right up into the end of the game. No, no, no. I think that's something that same, they should it's look same at. It's same with hockey is second period, end of second period. Yeah. Soccer's, uh, I think, 60th minute. Baby. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's understandable. But, but um, we're a lot more tamed here and we're a lot less involved with our sports outside of hockey well i'd say you know i think we're just involved in a different way because I, I you know fans of american football for example i think are just as passionate as as uh, you know football fans in europe to an extent to you know, an extent just in a, in a different way anyways yeah the difference is uh, either pub hopping or tailgating That's right pretty and, much it you know they they serve a similar purpose and i've heard of plenty of people who have come here to watch an NFL game and, you know, got to experience the tailgating party. And it's as foreign to them as going to a proper pub in England would be foreign to us. Absolutely. But they love it. No, of course. What is there not to love? It's fans participating in a sport. That's, at the end of the day, that's what it's for. That's well, the and point and of everything. I, I think the think... barbecue is better here. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Ribs are always going to be better in North America. Anyways, I think the, the, the song aspect of, of football is what sets it aside from everything else i think there's literally a song for everything oh and they're way more creative yeah it's just and they'll make them on the fly like all right we can barely get 100 people to sing in the tfc stadium well it's, and it's not just limited to to that you know you go to a leaf game and their their chant is just go leafs go and that doesn't last very long either the, and uh, basketball is i believe mean? defense yeah defense defense <laughs> Right, they, they, there's something a lot more poetic about. No, we you just know. suck. We just suck in North America as a whole. Like we don't agree with each other on anything enough to actually participate together with each other. We, we're so different in so many different ways that, like, even to 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 support the same team, we won't all go out there the same way. Whereas in England, like they literally live for certain teams, and they're on the march. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you know, I think the, the, the shots of the fans marching to Anfield singing drunk. Fresh from the pub, 
probably came up with a couple new songs. It's, it's, it's crazy because we would just never do that here. It's just not a thing we no, would do here. No, it's not. Like, we have something similar, but it's on a much smaller scale. And it's limited to like 50 people max. I and, think. You know, just in comparison directly between Toronto FC and, and Liverpool. You know, I, I, I love the supporters section. What are they called? Section... Uh, well, there's U Sector, which was like the big one for the first, like, I'd say six, seven years. They've died out. It's now the Red Patch Boys, I believe, are the, the guys in all black. I'm, I'm maybe wrong. I'm, I may be ignorant to this, but there is a new group. And this, was, might, this might be, you know, offensive on my part to say. However, you know, I like going to TFC games and, you know, you hear the crowd from that section making a ton of noise and that that's fantastic but what i don't like or what i just find weird is that you know you got those guys who sort of lead the pack and their back is to the game the almost the entire game you're not there to watch the soccer you're there to g up the fans and it doesn't make sense but you, you do see that around europe you see that in some of like the the germans in the german league you see that i think dortmund has people like that and you see them when they come to anfield too as a visiting team you'll see that they have guys just there like sort of banging a drum or hyping up the crowd they're not watching the fucking game but if they're making it work they're making it work for us, the game. for us, it's it's you're, you're not making it work. You got maybe forty people singing. If you got a whole section of people singing, then yeah, fucking right, bang your damn drum. That's what you're supposed to do. No, I'm glad. I'm glad Anfield doesn't have a drum. No, I, I can agree with that. Uh, I'm so so happy Anfield doesn't have a drum. It might have even come into my logic when I was choosing which teams to support. Fuck drums. Well, you'll you'll never walk alone. Is is a beautiful thing. I think. And that yeah, sets Liverpool apart from pretty much everyone else. Well, except for, you know, Dortmund. Dortmund, and, uh, who also sings the same exact song. And Celtic. Celtic does as well? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Is it all derived from Liverpool or did Liverpool bite it from someone? You know, the, we know about the play and then the song that came from the play. That's yeah, into well, the song. Jerry and the Pacemakers yes. were uh, uh, based in Liverpool. Yeah. That version of the song, which came on the radio it's in the, the 60s, is the one. Well, it's the same. That's just a recording like it's played at Anfield. Yeah. I don't know whether those other two teams. Well, did when, that when we played Dortmund in the historic best soccer game I've ever seen in my life, the 4 3. Four, three no, not necessarily the best goals, but. They did the same that song special. Yeah, they know the words. They sing it. Yeah. So and and Liverpool has been known to produce like the Beatles and huge musical talent. So yeah, we're gonna a hundred percent. We're giving Liverpool credit for that. Yeah, that's whether I'm, I'm right or wrong, I don't okay. give a shit. Fair enough. That's what I just wanted to get to. <laughs> All right. Cool. So that we're on the same page for that. And 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 the last thing I want to say that I prefer the I prefer the North American equivalent of this. I prefer when they refer to salaries as a per year thing. I don't like the European per week thing. It's confusing as fuck. Yeah, it is very confusing. You know, like, let's just know what the grand total is. What are you getting? It's well, if nothing out. else, it makes me. It makes it really hard to compare someone like LeBron James to Lionel Messi in terms of what they're generating uh, from salary from their team, and that might not be a big deal. But as someone who watches a multitude of sports. I kind of want to know. Yeah, agreed. And I don't like doing conversions. It's hard enough that I have to convert fucking pounds into dollars. Yeah. Or euros into pounds. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's confusing. How are you doing with FIFA? I haven't played in a while. Because that, the, you know, that whole salary thing, that's what fucks my mind up when I'm trying to decide how to categorize my players. Agreed. I haven't played in a while, but I'll give you a rundown of my Liverpool career mode. I started a <laughs> career mode. Because you've inspired me to, because usually I play Ultimate Team. But I have started a career mode. My first signing was Jerome Boateng for 100 mil. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Did I mention? Okay, yeah, so last episode. All right, so Jerome Boateng, at the end of the season, I signed a Sergio Aguero, who partners up with Daniel Sturridge. And Firmino may get the odd game here or there, depending on who we're playing. My whole lineup has changed. I signed Iniesta on a free. Ah, I want to go back to that because I did something similar, but continue. So I got Iniesta on a free, and I believe the last signing I made was Claudio Bravo. Yeah, you mentioned that too. Did I? I? Yeah, okay, and so I should talk the hell out of that. I'm repeating myself. But on top of that, I signed Donnarumma, and I'm just playing him on That's random a good games. To, he's, he's very low rating, though. He's 67 or 68. 
Yeah, so I'm just trying that, to build him up. That's the messed up part because someone like Claudio Bravo, who was terrible at City, I disagree. You well, maybe yeah, disagree City, with at, what? At City, he is actually no. I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. There's nothing to disagree with I'll there. I'll give that to you. There's he let it he in. Is not. He he saved about one shot all season. Jesus. He could kick the ball, but he just he can't stop a shot. This is very true. But, but he's rated the- higher than you know. You can play a game. Any given game with Claudio Bravo on your team because he has good stats. Yeah. Whereas Donnarumma, because he's young, doesn't. Yeah. Even though he's, you know, exactly. In real life, there is no way I would ever want Claudio Bravo as opposed to Donnarumma. No, I agree. I totally agree. But in the game, Claudio Bravo is saving a lot more than Donnarumma is at the moment. So that's what I'm going with. So in in my in my career mode, I don't know if this is something you do. But it's something that I always do. The first transfer window I get, I sign. I usually end up just signing whoever the fuck we're linked with at the time. So like Van Dyke or Kaita or whatever. Because I like to pretend that Liverpool actually signed these players. And instead of just talking about it. <laughs> right? And yeah. then by the second transfer window, because I, I, it's hard for me to have any allegiance to players who aren't Liverpool players... I end up getting all sentimental in my second transfer window and I end up signing just former LFC players. Even if they're of no use, even if they have shit stats, I'll go back and I'll sign Joe Allen, Martin Skirtle, Pepe Reina. I'll, I'll go back and try and sign Lucas. Yeah. This is what I, I always, I always in previous things, when before they retired, I always would try and re-sign Alonso and Daniel Agger. That one season where Gerard was included with Galaxy, I go back to sign him. And then I basically stop signing people. Just because I want the... You know, I like to think of Gerard still on the team if I can. So if I can go back and sign a version of him. I hear that. I've, I've kind of taken your advice slightly in the trying to build the future squad. And I try to find everyone under 20 or under 23. Because yeah, to me, that's just fun. Yeah, it just makes more sense that way, right? But particularly if you're going to take the career mode into like season five. Which I don't think anyone in the world does. Yeah, I do that. Oh, you're crazy. After season two, I'm done. once Iniesta went down a rating, I just I, I said fuck career mode, playing ultimate team. Well, I I took a page out of your book, so I didn't go the sentimental route. I didn't resign Joe Allen. Good, um, but I know you, you know him. I listened to what you said about signing Iniesta on a free. So the January transfer window, I just looked for anyone who I could sign on a free, who I could sign on a pre contract the six month, the Emery Chan special. That's what I was fucking looking for. <laughs> So I went. I, start, I started. I started with Iniesta. Nice. I got Arjen Robin. Nice. I got Giorgio Chiellini because I lost Lovren to a fucking uh, yeah, Ro- saw, I, Ro- Roma paid the release clause for Lovren and he was gone. There you go. But I didn't have a lot of money because I bought Kaita and Van Dyke before. So I just this is why I was looking for the free transfers. But then so once I got those three, I got Iniesta, Robin, and Chiellini. I just ransacked Arsenal. I got I signed Alexi Sanchez and Mesut Ozil from Arsenal. So in game, Alexi, as of the summer, they're coming to Liverpool and Arsenal's completely fucked. So not unlike not. the real world where Arsenal are kind of fucked because both of those players are probably leaving. And see, I have no, um, I have no allegiance to Sanchez and Ozil because they're Arsenal players. So what um, I'm going to do with them? I signed them on a free. They're going to ride the pine for a whole season and I'm going to sell them for loads because I signed them both to four-year contracts so they'll still have some transfer value. And then I'll buy somebody that I like. So this is me playing a long game. I'm, I'm signing these players just so I can sell them for a profit later. Makes sense. I don't think I've ever signed anyone over three years, to be honest. At the same time... How much is someone like Sanchez on the Ultimate oh, Team? Above 80000 And just to put in perspective, you get about 500 a game. I think online's a little bit more. But I don't play FIFA Ultimate Team Online. I just play online games with Liverpool. Sanchez, we talked about this before, and we were saying he should probably go to Bayern when he leaves Absolutely. Arsenal. Great fit for him, playing with Vidal, Lewandowski. I think he, 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 would, he would fit in well with that squad. And they could definitely get rid of Hamas at that point, because I don't know what he does anymore. He's yeah, been playing well. Has he? Does yeah. he play? Yeah. Yeah, he oh, does. He, he didn't play playing. under Ancelotti. That's what it was. Right. And Ancelotti's not there anymore, correct? Well, no, Ancelotti got fired. There you go. And he sacked. Hasn't... Ancelotti got yeah. sacked. Ancelotti, Big Carlo got sacked. I'm gonna set you on fire. I, eyebrow and all, he got sacked. But I really, I would love to see. <laughs> this is my show. I would love to see Sanchez. <laughs> see eyebrow and all. Yeah, man. That's that, funny. That's his primary power. Is that eyebrow? <laughs> one eyebrow. 
But I would love to see Sanchez and Ozil both go to AC Milan. I think they would be really good AC Milan players. That would be a beautiful thing. I, I you know, to bring the club back up again. Isn't Carlos Bacha there? Or is he still there? I don't know if he's still there. All I know is that today I read a link that we were linked back with Suso, who is doing pretty well at AC Milan. 2007, AC Milan were Champions League finalists. They beat us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Since it feels then. weird that they're not up there. Yeah. Agreed. It, but the, the Italian league, as we've seen, has been, uh, how do I say this, like a display for who Juve should sign every year. So whoever's playing good Premier League wide, I mean Premier League wide, City all wide, is just going to end up at Juve, really. As soon as Higuain left, we've all come to realize that no matter how good you do, if you are going to move in City a, you're going to Juve. Yeah, they're the Bayern Munich of the Italian league, though Napoli is proving to be the Dortmund of the Italian league. At the moment, at the moment. They're, I, they're, think- I can see also in Sanchez at Juventus as well, to be honest. They, they would both probably fit in. At, I don't know. I see them as a pair. I think they should go somewhere together. <laughs> I don't think they necessarily play well together, though. They don't. I, I just see them as a pair. <laughs> I, I hear you. There's, they were sort of uh, emblematic of the Arsenal's recent past couple seasons. They were like the go-to faces. They were the they were the big name players. So I don't know. I just I think Gerard in character, <laughs> except not as good shit or even close. <laughs> <laughs> I know Arsenal fans that don't like Arsenal, so let's just put that out there. Regardless, though, I think Juve's uh, age group is a little too young for them. I think uh, uh, whoever's coaching Juve is taking Cuadrado or Dybala over Sanchez and Ozil nine times out of ten. Like, yes, they have quality. Yes, they have experience. But these guys are young and playing amazing. Would you sw- Would you take one of those two off for Ozil I don't, or Sanchez? I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't. I don't think they need to. That's, that's what I mean. Like I would 100% start Cuadrado over Sanchez, even though I think Sanchez is a quiet. I wouldn't. Quad- that, that's a major shout, which I hope people tell you you're wrong. Right now? Cuadrado is not that good. I think he's playing great right now. And Dybala... He's, he's playing well, but Sanchez has Sanchez been... Sanchez is 10 of, times better, but Sanchez is, is not in form. Sanchez is playing like shit right now. Yeah, because he doesn't what is give he a fuck doing? about Arsenal. Why would he care? He's leaving. He knows that. He'll probably leave in January. He should have did the Suarez swap. What's the word? Take your time. Uh, we got it all night. Snubbed us. He shouldn't have snubbed us. Snubbed? That was the fucking word you yeah, were looking I don't, for? I don't know. <laughs> shouldn't have snubbed us for Arsenal. Like, Arsenal? If you're going to go to London, like, really? Arsenal? Well, that was his thing. He wanted to go to... or Him or his wife wanted to be in London rather than Liverpool. His, his dogs wanted to be... He has dogs? And, like, he loves his dogs more than his wife. See, his dogs more than his wife. Well, regardless, so let me yeah, ask you. you can respect a man who loves his dog. I agree. I agree. I'm in that category. So let me ask you a question. Let's turn the tables here. One of one. Episode two. We're already making changes. I love it. Uh, Wenger. Wenger. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Wenger. Wenger. How long does he have? And why is he still there? I think he's still there because... Because of the legacy? Yeah. Because he started there smoking on the bench. And now he's still there? Yeah, well... I, I is that really all it is? I perfectly understand Arsene being there. He is an incredibly smart person overall. Like I believe he has a bachelor's degree in economics. He was heavily involved in everything that Arsenal have done in the modern era, like getting their new stadium together, um, managing their squad and their wage structure through the period where they were building the Emirates and they had to tighten everything up. I think the board loves them. And I, you know, if I was sitting on that board, particularly if I wasn't a sports fan, like I don't think the Arsenal board it is, you know, why would I want to switch that up? He's been super consistent and he's been a steady hand. And that's, you know, when you look at Arsenal from a business point of view, which that's what their board does. Mm-hmm. A steady hand is better than a wild card, like, say, hiring someone like Mourinho, who is going to demand all kinds of funds by a bunch of old players. He might win you a few things, but he'll leave the club in three years or less as a flaming fucking dumpster flyer, just like he did with Inter Milan. Agreed. He won Inter Milan the Champions League, but look what happened to them directly after that. That's why... He did win them the leagues, and, and there's, there's a certain amount of loyalty there, and I get it. If we had someone like Dalglish as our, as our manager for that long, as shit as Arsenal have been recently, I would have a hard time 
even just as a fan even wanting to get rid of him let alone a fucking board of directors who are trying to manage not just a soccer club but a soccer business so that's why i think he's there i i think he just doesn't know where he wants to go i think he truly loves arsenal so that's why he doesn't want to leave to pursue something else i don't i don't know where else he would go but i i think he feels his time is is going downhill he, legacy wise he should have left after the last fa cup win that's what he should have that's what he should have gone. Fair enough. So that being said, the loyalty still being there, him being the comfortable choice, but the way the Premier League is going with all with all these changes and making big moves, and you have Alexis Sanchez, you have Mesut Ozil, you have Lacazette, you're still playing like shit. How much longer is he going to last? I don't think he'll make it to next season. I think they're going to make changes. I think with these guys wanting to leave publicly – Things need to be done, and as much as as much as a comfortable choice as he is, and as consistent as he is, it's his time has come. I think it would have been a lot different if they still had somebody like Jurgen Klopp available to hire. I think if Arsenal could have got Jurgen Klopp, they really would have looked at Wenger's position a little bit harder. But who would you get to replace Wenger at this point? Ancelotti doesn't suit. Arsenal, their whole philosophy, their whole style of play, he's not that guy. And how many top-level coaches are out there? Maybe Conte would have been good, but he's now at Chelsea. Agreed. They would never take one look at Mourinho. What about, is Luis Enrique still out of a job? Is he is he working? He might, but I'm not... You, you know, you have to remember that Wenger, particularly for people who've been watching this since Arsenal were actually, you know, winning leagues in that... Wenger is still regarded as one of the top coaches in the world. Absolutely. Right? You know, Luis Enrique only really coached Barcelona. And while he did well there, you know, was he a tactical genius? You know, if if Arsenal could have got Guardiola, that would have been different. But they didn't. You know, there's all of these big names that, for whatever reason, Arsenal couldn't secure, couldn't lure in, or just didn't look at. But until they find someone like that knocking at their door... I don't know who they would replace him with. So again, it just goes back to the point that Arson probably feels that he doesn't have somebody that he could move into his position. He's never had a really prominent assistant manager that he could sort of groom into his position. Oh, Arteta wasn't the guy. Well, where is Arteta now? <laughs> I think he went to Chelsea, no? I don't know. I don't know. So that, 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 that's Arsenal. I mean, City. I think he went to City to work under Pep Arteta. I think right. that's actually where he went. You know, I, I think he'll be there until they're... I, don't, I honestly don't think that Wenger will leave until he, he knows... finds a replacement. Yeah, he's, he's looking for someone to pass it on to, I think. I don't think he wants to just leave and, and leave Arsenal high and dry. So you think they'll let him crash and burn... I do. Or they because until I, he finds a replacement. I don't think he'll crash and burn. It depends well, it depends how you define crash and burn, but I don't think that them finishing fifth is necessarily them crashing and burning. No, I they've just, obviously accepted that they're not gonna win the league anytime no, soon. No, absolutely. Right? But let okay, with the rumors of Alexis leaving and Oza, what if Lacazette leaves? What if Bellerine leaves? What if all these guys... What if Aaron Ramsey leaves? Then who, who does Arsenal turn well, to? Well, they've lost... You have to remember, they lost superstars before. I mean, in, in the previous generation of this team, they lost Fabregas to Barcelona. They lost Van Persie to Manchester United. Um, so they've lost good players before. That's Big true. names they've lost. And, and this is where, again, I think they really trust Wenger to have the nous to to get new players in and, and to build a team around them. Look at Ramsey. Ramsey was, his, you know, I don't know when they signed him, but Ramsey is now a focal point for the team. Absolutely. And, you know, Wenger trained him. He brought him out of nowhere, Absolutely. basically. He wasn't a superstar when he was bought, and that's just not how Arsenal do things. No, absolutely. And I think Santi Cazola was very, very consistent for them, even though I think he's injury-plagued. I don't know what happened to him. Well, he's injured. Is he? Yeah. He's been injured for a long time. And he was a key component of their midfield. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not like they make terrible purchases all the time because Zorlo is a great example, but Hector Bellerin is another great example yeah, he, of he was, it. He's been very good. So I think Arsenal have Arsene around for as long as both of them can coexist in this sort of mutual mediocrity where they finish around fourth or fifth or whatever. I think they'll just continue that forever because it takes something different to challenge City um, and Chelsea and Manchester United. It really does. And I just I think what's frustrating for Arsenal fans is they just don't feel like the club even wants or is trying to do that. And 
you know, it would frustrate the hell out of me if, and you know, it's a criticism level that at Liverpool a lot. Are they actually trying to challenge the top teams? Are they actually trying to win well, the title? Last season, we were pretty much the only team beating the top teams. But although we are considered a top team, I would hope. We were the only team beating the top. Yeah, we had the best record against the the top six. Exactly, and I don't think we lost two cities since Raheem Sterling left until this This season. So I think we've been that team, and I think we've been... No, and and, well, I think that's why Liverpool were so happy when Klopp came. It's certainly why I was happy when Klopp came. I was fucking bouncing off the walls when, when I even found out that Klopp could be a manager because he represents all kinds of ambition. He represents forward thinking. He represents a guy who has shown with Dorman that he could take a team, put it together in a way that it can challenge the, the Giants. Yeah, it could establish the, the sort of set order of a league like the Bundesliga where Bayern Munich just win every single season. Yep. And I still have faith in Klopp to do that. And I, it made me think that, okay, the owners are trying to do something here. Yeah. Arsenal, I think that's why you see all of the fans saying Wenger out is because to them, he just represents standing still. Yeah, and, that's, that's a very And in a lot of ways, that he does. That is exactly no. what he stands for. Exactly. So. There's not necessarily anything wrong with standing still at the moment, especially if it's in the top 10. There's nothing wrong with standing still from a business perspective. I, got, I would have huge problems with Liverpool standing still at any point in time yeah. because you know a, a football club is like a shark they gotta keep moving yeah. or they die yeah right because Agreed. somebody else everybody is trying to improve or in theory they're trying to improve so even if you're at the top if you stand still somebody else is trying to get that little bit better no, than you totally agree. So wait sharks die if they stand still is that a real thing yeah they can't breathe really yeah they gotta keep moving through the water otherwise they don't get oxygen Oh, learn something new every day. You haven't heard that before. No, right? I have not heard that. I've watched, I've watched Shark Week several times. I'm fucking very, <laughs> very disappointed in myself. Yeah, you need to start paying attention. Jesus Christ. So okay. we playing next. Next up is Southampton. Liverpool B. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they play Southampton on Saturday. It's at Anfield, 10 a.m. Eastern. Coutinho looks like he'll be fit. He played today. Yeah, um, he subbed on. 80th. I think. No, he started for Brazil. No, he subbed on. Oh, no, he came off for William, I think. Yeah, you know, he he started today. So he's in contention to play Southampton on Saturday. Yes. Mane is doubt. We don't know about Mane because he played 90 minutes for Senegal, uh, but he was sent home early because he said he felt his old injury. Hopefully that's just him, you know, trying to get back to Liverpool to not have to play the second game. I hope so, because English Liverpool players have been dropping like flies out of the qualifiers and stuff. So let's hope that's well, was, just to come play. I was really waiting for a Gomez slide tackle where he injures himself, Coutinho, and Firmino simultaneously. <laughs> I thought that was a fucking for sure. That would be lovely. Okay, so lovely. Pre- predicted lineup for Southampton. Who do you think that will play particularly defense? defense? Who's our back four? I'll give it to Matip and Clavan, like you said. Well, well, actually, you know what I no, said? You said uh, Lovren. I'll give it to Clavin. Um, I just mainly because I don't want to see Lovren play. Period. No, I don't really want to see Lovren play, but I just think it's it's a clock thing to do to put Lovren back in. Agreed. And you were probably right about that, although I do not want to see that. I'll give it to uh, Moreno and Trent. Yeah, and see, again, I, I, I would definitely go for Trent because it's a home game against Southampton, and I think... He just he, he great cross on Trent. Absolutely, but I think he'll play Gomez. Probably, he probably will. I hope he doesn't start Ox in the midfield again. But uh, well, if Coutinho's there, he'll probably play Coutinho up front if Mane is not to play. You don't think way. he'll? I think he'll give Sturridge a game. You think so? I think Sturridge will play because I, I think so. Sturridge must have been fucking fuming to not have played the last game. I hope the so. two games previously he had scored two and two, and then he doesn't get on the field at all against West Ham. He doesn't get on the field at all. Yeah, and that's, that's I, I, a very, very odd thing to do. So I think Klopp owes Sturridge one, and I think he'll get on the field, and I think that's his way of leaving Mane on the bench. So I think it'll be Salah, Sturridge, Firmino up front. And then Coutinho. Coutinho in the Hendo, midfield. Coutinho, Hendo, Chan? Maybe. Um, I just hope Ox doesn't start. I'm not a very big well, the, believer in L- the Ox. Lalana is, um, is on his way back from recovery. I don't. I think 
he's not I, fit to play. No, I think the Southampton game's too early from him. So yeah. I think it's, you know, two of three out of Henderson, Chan, or Wijnaldum. I would like to see Wijnaldum play with Coutinho but, and Hando. That would be nice. You know, it has to be said... Oxley chamberlain played really well against West Ham. Yeah. He's been getting better the more I've seen him play, even though I was really underwhelmed with him at yeah, first. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not a believer. I hope he does well. Yeah, of course. I mean, okay. yeah. I love to talk shit, but I hope they, they all prove me wrong. Of course. And, you of know, course. especially Lovren. Yes. I hope Lovren just wakes up one day and is the greatest footballer ever. And then after that, we also play Sevilla on Tuesday. We probably won't do another episode before then, so that's a Tuesday... 2.45 Eastern Time. I like oh, to nice. get times in Eastern Time just for us. Because that's where we are. Yeah. So up the Champions League Reds. Yeah. When the Reds win, we all win. All win. All drin. We're on Twitter now. Are we on Twitter? Oh, we've made a Twitter. Yeah. Where you can get us on SoundCloud. Yeah. And uh, we're iTunes. on Twitter as at Red Furnace Pod. We are there. On, on the Twitter, you can find our links to iTunes. Please subscribe. You can find us our RSS feed on there. You can find our SoundCloud links. Everything else is on there. Please retweet. We'd love new listeners. Yeah. And if you have anything to say, please, we will listen. Yeah. I mean, we like hate, <laughs> love, don't care. If you're a red, we'd like to hear your input. If you're in the GTA and you, you have an input, get in touch with us. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. We want, uh, we need content, basically. Yeah. That's, that's what we're saying. Any content from anywhere. Um, and we'd love to just talk shit to some people. So absolutely. All right. See you next week. Adios.